0: This is The Guardian.
1: Hi there. You were probably expecting to listen to weekend podcasts. Instead, this is the first episode of a brand new Guardian podcast series called Can I Tell You a Secret? If you enjoy it, please subscribe by searching Can I Tell You a Secret wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. This is a podcast series about stalking, and some people might find parts of it difficult to listen to. There's also a little bit of swearing. Oh, hi. Hello. Hello. The council. No, so I'm a a journalist for the Guardian newspaper. Excuse Excuse me. I'll oh, go on yeah. yeah, I'm a journalist for The Guardian newspaper, my name is Shirin, and yeah. I'm working on a podcast about Matthew Hardy. Oh,
3: yes. You live over
1: there, right? Yes. I'm on a quiet road, looking at a small block of flats. we have had
4: people round with, uh, with guns, knives, looking for him.
1: It was like a living nightmare. I'm here because of a name on a court filing.
4: Yeah, Matthew Hardy yeah. was very, very yeah. Um, yeah. nasty. He made himself out to be yeah. someone he wasn't, and he yeah. taunted yeah. ladies for ten years. Because he's a very clever person. Take,
2: very Another neighbour
4: wants the talk. So you... This lady from the guard, you know, wants to know about Matthew. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah.
1: That
4: people used to turn up here at all hours of day and night and 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 sort of try to start fights with her yeah we have had problems with that yeah uh, which is a bit daunting there was groups that come I think the last lot were from Liverpool uh, and they weren't like youngsters they were grown men quite upset so they were definitely after him we didn't know what was going on yeah it's um, been difficult. <laughs> I wouldn't go through it all again because we, we, we just didn't get any sleep at night. He would keep the old building up. How would he keep people up? Shouting, screaming, thundering round
1: like a herd of elephants. Did you know why no, all these we people did, were turning up? We, we didn't know what,
4: what extreme it was. It just got more and more serious, I think.
1: I'm in Northwich, a small market town in Cheshire and I'm trying to find out about a man called Matthew Hardy. I wasn't sure if anyone would know who he was. I've done a lot of door knocks and most of the time, people slam them in your face. But this time, this story, it felt different. Everyone wanted to talk about him and what he'd been doing online.
5: I've not met a girl yet who doesn't know who he is and what he gets up to and stuff, which is probably nice, it.
1: Like Simon, the personal trainer at the local gym.
5: Some of these girls have been like proper tortured. I've heard some weird stories.
1: Even members of the public who approached me, curious about my microphone, seemed to have a connection to Matthew.
2: Are you doing a podcast?
1: We're making a podcast about this guy called Matthew Hardy. Oh yeah, I've heard of him.
2: One of my family
4: members has been a victim of his...
1: That's crazy. I
4: know, it's been going on for so long.
1: My name is Shirin Kale, and I'm a journalist for The Guardian. And you're listening to Can I Tell You a Secret? Episode 1, The Beginning. The reason I'm getting stopped on the streets of Northwich is because Matthew Hardy has terrified people in this town for over a decade. These victims feel that their lives have been taken over by a force beyond their control. But while everyone knows who this cyberstalker is, no one understands how to make him stop. This isn't a whodunit. It's Matthew. It's... Always been Matthew. This is about trying to understand who Matthew is and why he does it and how he gets away with it through speaking to his victims and the people closest to him. The answer to those questions takes us deep into a story about obsession, fear, and how we live our lives online. About when loneliness and Lonning hardens into rage, and that rage is directed outwards at people we don't even know. That story, it starts here, in Northwich, but all the way back in 2008. Okay, so we're recording, I'm just gonna, can you just tell me what, what you had for breakfast? This
3: is shameful, but I had a McDonald's breakfast this morning. That's not shameful. It's not, what did you have? Double McMuffin and a hash brown.
1: Did you deliver it or did you drive there? Drive drove there. Yeah, okay, That's better. (laughs) (laughs) Andrea Yule is a Navy wife with a young kid and a career in HR. But 13 years ago, she spent most of her time hanging out at the McDonald's on Northwich High Street, texting her boyfriend on her brick phone and window shopping for clothes she couldn't afford.
3: I was really into Britney Spears. Still am, of course. She's amazing. A true icon. Um, so I used to try and dress like her. I think around the time I started to get into fashion, as they would say, or get my own style, was when Crossroads came out. And I think I was... Classic film. Oh, my God. So, the, you know, <laughs> your denim. <laughs> and she was, she'd wear like this really long-sleeved um, top. And I tried to find a replica of like that. Like the in- floaty
1: sleeves. Yeah. Yes. I think there was the one those-
3: in Tammy Girl. <laughs> If we remember that, yeah, because that was kind of like the Britney Spears fashion place, and yeah, and I thought I was so cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I even cut my fringe on my own. And when she wasn't doing DIY haircuts, she logged into this cool new website, Facebook.
3: It was, it was really exciting because we had MSN throughout school and then Facebook came along and everyone was able to share every ounce of their life. And for nosy people like myself, it was even better. So I can see, oh, so-and-so went out with so-and-so
1: on the weekend. Facebook was the social network and it had recently infiltrated Andrea's school, the county high school left rich. Teenagers rushed to share details of their lives online. It was the first crack in our digital privacy. The first time we let the light in.
3: If your friend wasn't on Facebook, you'd be like, why aren't you on Facebook? Can't you be on Facebook? I- I- I'll set you up. Because everyone wanted everyone to be on this new wave of technology.
1: Most naughty teenagers, myself included, remembered getting an account and agonising for hours over a very particular decision.
3: Picking your profile picture was the utmost importance. After a night out, you'd pick one of those photos as your profile picture. We didn't have um, filters back then, so you'd have to pick the best one. And if your friend was in it, you'd crop them out. (laughs) Of
1: course. (laughs) And you'll take 50 photos on a night out. Yes. And upload all of them the same
3: night. If you could, and it wouldn't be on your phone because you ha- I didn't have a smartphone. Digital phone. camera. You had a digital camera, you'd get your cable instantly, upload it, and then tag your friends individually on their faces. Yeah, that was a fun time remembering that back.
1: All the albums <laughs> would have titles like "Yes Crazy Night Part Three. <laughs> <laughs> Someone lost their hat. Oh my God. Is <laughs> that literally what they're It called. was. Yeah. yeah.
3: The memories.
1: Facebook was a digital popularity contest. The more friends, the better
3: you just have everybody, like, oh, so-and-so, who's this? Don't know them,
1: I'll accept them, because that was the, the etiquette. Back then, social media was carefree. If we posted like people who had no idea that others were watching, that's because we had no idea that others were watching. We were at the beginning of our online lives, still laying down track on the social media railroad. Facebook was just a fun new technology, like Tamagotchis or electric yo-yos. None of us had any sense that it might be harmful, but Andrea was about to find that out.
3: It would start off with a random girl.
1: The messages began when Andrea was in sixth form college. They always came from someone she had never met before. Girls from the local area with lots of mutual friends. They'd say things like, Hope you don't mind the ad, darling. Hope you're well. They were really familiar, friendly even. They'd say, What are you doing with yourself now, babe? Kiss, kiss. Or, You've changed a lot since school. Even prettier. And there was always something these girls needed to tell Andrea. Something urgent.
3: Hey, hun. I'm going to tell you some secret now. Please don't mention it to anybody.
1: It was strange, and you wanted to know what they were going to say to you. So Andrea would reply. More messages would come back, and they would say things like, You don't know me. I know you and your fella. They'd say, I need to tell you something. The person would drag it out, not wanting to tell her what they knew. The tension was unbearable. Eventually came the reveal. It would be
3: something like... My boyfriend's been seen kissing a friend or someone that my
1: boyfriend would know or be connected to. Occasionally, it was really specific, like this one. I've seen your boyfriend kissing a girl in the bakery at Sainsbury's. And at first, Andrea believed it. Oh my God, who is this? I
3: started to become quite jealous. I thought, what's the gossip now? What's been said about me
1: behind my back? I was terrified. But then, sometimes, things were off or a bit weird. Dates were mixed up or certain details were wrong. They didn't quite add up. That was the problem. It wasn't just Andrea getting these messages. She started hearing from other girls at her school that they had been getting them too. The messenger told them that their boyfriends had also been cheating on them, and they believed it as well. The messenger was tearing through relationships, destroying friendships, breaking people apart. You didn't know who you could
3: trust. You just got paranoid, really paranoid.
1: For years, the messages keep coming
3: Hey, hun, got something to tell you. Please don't tell anybody. I'm going to tell you some secret now.
1: Andrea tells herself to just zone them out.
3: Ignore it. You're better than this.
1: It's just some randomer. Ignore it. And then three years after Andrea received the first message, her mum died. They were close. She was a care assistant at a local care home. Facebook was full of tributes to what an amazing person she was. One afternoon, Andrea got a message
3: I know your mum, I know she was cheating on your dad before she died, and I'm gonna tell him. And that was, for me, the final straw. I was shaking with pure anger. I couldn't dare tell my dad, because my dad is the kind of person that would believe that sort of thing. My mum was the most kind, thoughtful, loving mum in the world.
1: I'm sorry to bring it up.
3: That's and upset okay. you. it's yes. nice to talk about it. Yeah. But you know, everyone liked her, everyone knew her. And I don't have that anymore.
6: I was just so angry and upset.
1: It was just so malicious. Andrea couldn't understand why someone would say that about her mum. It felt cruel and bizarre. Did you ever ask this person who was messaging you,
3: who are you? Yes, I did ask them who they were and they would just respond with whoever they were pretending to be on that specific day.
1: But the girls from her former school had banded together and they'd actually compared notes.
3: We all started talking to one another, started realising that the MO was exactly the same, the messages were the same. Hey, hun, I've got something to tell you. Kiss, kiss.
1: All the victims had another thing in common.
3: It was quite specific to school people. All the original girls were in our year, so it had to be somebody in our year. And we'd all send screenshots to one another of what our conversations were had. That was the kind of investigative stuff that we were doing at the time, getting obsessed with it.
1: And one name kept coming up.
3: We eventually landed on Matthew.
1: Matthew Hardy. Um,
3: Someone called him out and he omitted it in some way.
1: He was a boy from Andrea's old school, but having a name, even confronting him, didn't seem to make any difference.
3: Everyone in Northwich knew that this person was hacking accounts or creating new ones and harassing girls. Everyone in Northwich? Everyone, pretty much. If you weren't under the age of 25, everyone knew about it. If you got a message, you'd
1: say, it's Matthew. So when Andrea got the message about her mum, she knew who was responsible and she went to the police.
3: I said to the police, I know who it is. I gave them a name because I was absolutely angry. I was visibly very angry And they said, we can't do anything. We don't know who it actually is. It could be Matthew or it could be somebody else. We can't prove that and you can't prove that either. I think it was something about IP addresses or it's an anonymous message profiler. I just think they were just like, what can we do? Let's just send them on the way. Here's a crime reference number. See you later. How did you feel leaving the police station? I felt... Like that was a pointless exercise and I felt frustrated and still angry and I didn't know what to do next because if they weren't going to help, what am I supposed to do?
1: When the police wouldn't do anything, a whisper network stepped in. By now, Matthew isn't just stalking girls from his old school. It seems he's moved onwards, outwards to people in his surrounding area. Northwich locals start warning each other to watch out. We have a Facebook
3: group called Northwich Life Uncut, and everyone on there knows who got like a spam message and you'd post it in the Facebook group. Everyone would say, that's Matthew Hardy. People I didn't even know would respond with that as a comment. People with pitchforks almost wanting to to harm him. People wanted to harm him and find out where he lived I saw comments like, I believe he's in Winsford, I'm going to go down there now and I'm going to go and hurt him or knock his lights out, I think some of the words were. And I don't blame them because what he's said and done destroy people.
1: And Matthew isn't only harassing people. He seems to be stalking more and more victims and needing more and more identities. Fake profiles, but... Stolen from real people. 2019, the height of summer. A young woman we're calling Amber, she's 23, is heading out to her favourite bar. It's called Peaside.
4: When I go out into town at night time, I just find that everybody's my friend. Like, I just love everybody.
1: Amber's lived in Northwich her whole life. She's a beautician and she's good at it. She's super friendly, chatty, warm. One of those people who makes her clients feel really good about themselves. Obviously,
4: in my head, I'm just going to have a great night. That's all that's going to happen. I'm just going to dance. I'm going to have fun with my friends. Stroll home, drunken, wake up the next day feeling rough. (laughs) But, um, erm... it didn't quite go to plan.
1: Keyside's right next to the canal that runs through Northwich. Think sticky floors and flashing lights, Jaeger bombs. They play, in their own words, all the best bangers. It's a good time.
4: I was really excited that night, buzzing, dancing, because I was having a ball, like, a really good time.
1: She leaves her friends dancing and pops to the loo, and when she comes out of the cubicle, there's a group of women standing there.
4: They look like they are ready to cave my head in. I was just like, whoa, and the, the, these women are shouting things at me, like, you fucking ruin my life. You, you know, who the fuck do you think you are? How do you think you're going to get away with this? You know, fucking my husband and all this stuff. And I was just like, what? What are you talking about? My anxiety was going so Bad. I, I just I was losing my words I didn't know what to do, I didn't know what to say and I didn't have my phone on me neither, so I couldn't show them that it wasn't me.
1: Thankfully, a friend comes and helps her escape, but her night's ruined. She runs back home.
4: I locked all the doors, went upstairs and just fell to the floor and I was crying and I cried and I cried and I cried.
1: Those women in the nightclub, they're angry because they think that Amber has been sleeping with their boyfriends. But that's not real Amber. It's a fake Amber that Matthew has created. Matthew's grown more ambitious. He's moved on from sending lies to his victims. He's also becoming his victims. Matthew's stolen Amber's online identity and the fake Amber is creating... Chaos.
4: He'd message some of my friends pretending to be me, saying that I was sleeping with their husbands or that their, their boyfriends for years. He would message things to my dad. He'd set up an account of me, telling him that my mum was having an affair when I was born and that I would need to get a DNA test. Um, didn't think that um, I was his daughter. Um, To which my dad straight away rang me and he was like, what's this? And I was like, that's not me.
1: Amber knew who it was because by now Matthew was notorious around Northwich. The Whisper Network had done its work and the lies that he was spreading were getting more and more extreme. Matthew had messaged one of Amber's friends, pretending to be Amber. He told her that her partner was a paedophile. Amber's friend immediately confronts her boyfriend. She's devastated, and the relationship breaks down. Amber reads us the message her friend sent her at the time. What do those messages say? Um, it was horrible. My fellow was actually leaving me, saying
4: he's not being branded a kiddie fiddler.
1: <laughs>
4: I hope you catch this twat.
1: Even though Amber explains it's someone called Matthew Hardy sending these messages, she still feels like it's all her fault.
4: And a whole lot of other nasty things.
1: I'm sorry.
4: I just put, can you please send me screenshots of everything that he said? I'm so sorry he's been doing this to me for eight years. Yeah, freaking hell. That was hard reading that.
1: Yeah, but. <laughs>
4: I just blank it out, you know, in my head. Mm-hmm. Since he's been doing all this, I've just pushed myself away from everybody, just for the best. <laughs>
1: yeah. Amber felt completely trapped.
4: I was getting enemies created for me. I felt like I was completely out of control of my life, which is scary. I go around every day, making people happy, I'm always nice, like, I'm, I'm always standing up for, to be kind and stuff like that. And he was doing the complete opposite with so many people that, and they believed it was me, that I just I didn't know what to do. I completely felt lost and
1: on my own. I've spoken to so many women from this town who say they've been victims of Matthew Hardy Some were even in a Facebook group called Victims of Matthew Hardy. So, there's a serial stalker in this small town. Everyone knows who he is. People are turning up outside his flat, trying to get him. Why can no one stop him?
0: We'll be right back after this. and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
2: Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier.
1: I love all the photos you have of your dog around the yeah, house. Yeah. And about your dog on your Christian as well. <laughs>
6: What's weird. your dog's name? Teddy. He's so funny.
1: sweet. It's hard for me to describe what Amy so Bailey was like when she was a teenager. Would you like a drink? Oh
6: yeah, I um, like drink. Yeah. Do you want flavoured water or just, just,
1: just Because the woman I met when I went to her house told me that she's a shadow of her former self. of my fruit's are strawberry? Oh, strawberry, please. Yeah, thank That's you. So nice. She's quiet, almost whispering, a... and she pulls her sleeves down over her arms in this gesture that feels really young. She rarely goes into Northwich alone. When I arrive in the middle of the day, she's watching the ultimate comfort show. <laughs> Holiday armadillo. <laughs> Friends. Classic oh episode. I, oh, yeah, I do not want friendly.
6: to be seen by anyone. I just completely changed as a person. I changed my appearance, start wearing makeup. I'd just put my hair up. I'd just wear some scruffs and just go about my day. And I'd really, really let myself go. And I've never really bounced back. Amy says that she was confident, outgoing, voracious once. I'll never get them years back. And I do think I would have been a different person if this didn't happen.
1: What happened to Amy at first will sound familiar to you messages appear. Can you keep a secret? The person contacts her friends, asking things like, do you know Amy Bailey? Are you close? I've heard something about her. Do you know where Amy is? Do you know where she is? I'll catch up with her, not seen her in a while. Sometimes people don't respond, but others unknowingly hand over information which the stalker uses to target Amy. The messenger even starts contacting Amy's boss at the garage where she works after school. They came up to me and said, have you seen
6: this? And his phone was just continuously vibrating. And it was just meant all the
1: amount of messages that was coming through. They said things like, do you work with Amy? Can you keep a secret? And I've heard things, heard you two are close. And then there's the phone calls to Amy, 50 of them a day.
6: And every time I'd answer, he wouldn't say anything on the phone. And I just had no idea who this
1: person was. Maybe you're wondering, why didn't she just block him? She did.
6: The more I would ignore him and block him, the more messages that would come next time. I just
1: felt confused and just sick. But there's one thought Amy hangs on to for reassurance in her darkest moments. It's only online. One afternoon, her boss asks her to wash a car. Garage is on a quiet street with a row of terraced houses facing the forecourt. She carries out a bucket, stopping with water, and makes a start. And then her phone vibrates. Mm. A
6: message. I've seen you washing that car in a blue blouse.
1: He's there, and he's watching her.
6: Like, stupidly, I look down and just see, like, what am I wearing? And then, like, it's as if, like, you're losing all the sugar out of your body and you just go really lightheaded. And then it goes from, like, feeling so scared to just feeling so upset. I just couldn't stop
1: crying. I didn't know how to make it stop. The stalking forces Amy to move house three times. She leaves Northwich and moves to the surrounding villages, but it feels like she can't escape him. One time, Matthew finds out where she lives and messages her, telling her that the takeaway across the road from her house looks good.
6: I would constantly be looking over my shoulder, like just looking around, watching people, wondering if they're watching me. Because of his obsession. I didn't know how far this was gonna, going to go. She goes on medication to cope with the stress. Just what he's done to me mentally, I'll, once you've done that, the damage is done then, there's not really, you're not going to change it. So that's, I'm
1: sad. While this is all going on, Amy goes to the police. There was two officers. I. The
6: person that did most talking was PC Lum and it's as if he took it personally because he was really, really angry about it.
5: Alright, well I'm Stuart. I was a police officer for 25 years.
1: Former PC Stuart Lamb is gruff, no nonsense, matter of fact. But he's also kind, almost paternal. You can see why Amy felt like she could trust him.
5: It was horrendous. It was what she was describing to me. It was like your worst nightmare. So I thought, well, this needs uh, looking into straight away. And you could see the distress on her and it was, uh, I mean, it was almost distressing for me because you do, you think, well, how would I be in that situation?
1: But here's the thing. Stuart finds out that the person doing this to Amy is already on the police's radar. They, they just
6: said, right, what are the messages? What are the accounts? They, and then they left for about an hour. And then that's when they came back and told me his name. Matthew Hardy.
1: 60 minutes. That's all it took to figure out who was ruining Amy's life. And this isn't because of the experiences of any of the women we've already heard from. Not Andrea, not Amber... It's because in 2011, the same year that Matthew began stalking Amy, he hacked the Facebook account of a former classmate of his, Samantha Boniface. Matthew impersonated her online and started having sexual conversations pretending to be her. On one occasion, Samantha was approached by a man at the supermarket. He wanted to know if she was the girl who'd been talking dirty to him on Facebook. In October of that year, Matthew pled guilty to hacking and harassing Samantha Boniface and was given a restraining order, a suspended prison sentence and 250 hours of community service.
6: I thought I would feel better knowing who it was, but because I actually don't know this person, I've never met him before, I didn't feel any better because I didn't know how he'd got all this information on me. But the police at the time, when they told me who it was, they explained to me how he's very, very... Very clever on a computer.
1: Two years later, in 2013, the police tell Amy they can make it stop. Amy gets a restraining order against Matthew.
5: The restraining order is a brilliant tool. A lot of people who are under restraining orders, they will respect it. It's like, wow, this is serious now. This isn't going to go away. And to give her the reassurance that it's over, which hopefully it was for her.
1: Matthew can't come near Amy. He can't contact her or her family and friends, he's not allowed on social media either. Two months. It takes two months for Matthew to start stalking Amy again. It was just like a nightmare. It was just getting, like, worse. Amy reports Matthew for breaches of his restraining order in 2014 and in 2015, and in 2017.
6: It's quite shocking actually, like how much he's actually done and got away with for all this time. But it seems that Matthew is only just
1: getting started. Take a map of Cheshire and draw a circle around Northwich. Here's Andrea and the girls from her school Dots around town. Now widen the compass. Draw a bigger circle. Matthew moves outwards. Cuddington. Kingsley. Winsford. Amber. Amy. More dots. More victims. But he doesn't stop there. In the next episode, Matthew discovers the world of influencers... But this time, someone's watching him. You are listening to Can I Tell You a Secret? Episode 2 is ready to listen to right now. If you need any support around stalking and harassment, you can get in touch with the Susie Lamplugh Trust or call the National Stalking Helpline on 0808 802 0300. Further information can be found on The Guardian's podcast page. This is a podcast series from The Guardian. It was made by me, Shirin Kale. The producer is Lucy Hoff. Original music and sound design is by Axel Cucutier. The executive producers are Charlotte Pritchard and India Rackerson. The commissioning editor is Nicole Jackson. If you want to listen to the rest of this series, search for Can I Tell You a Secret?, wherever you get your podcasts and hit subscribe.
0: This is The Guardian. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it You can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
2: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash newsadfree.